Hey friend, I am so excited you're here. I'm Marianne Anderson. You might know me from This Loud House on Instagram, and I have a secret to share with you. I'm not really an expert, but I have a ton of friends who are. And each week you can join us for inspiring, fun, and practical tips on how to decorate your home, organize your space, take care of your body, chase those dreams, rock that outfit you just got at Target. And girl, we're going to help you with what the heck to make for dinner too. This is the Life Sunny Side Up Podcast. Welcome. Hey, you guys. Today, I am having a super fun conversation with one of my dearest and oldest friends, Lacey Hanmer. She is a super successful entrepreneur. She owns two hair salons in Tallahassee, Florida, and she is an educator for the company Living Proof, which can I get an amen? We all love their dry shampoo. And make sure you listen to the whole episode because Lacey has a very special code where you can get some Living Proof products at a discount as well. So she'll be sharing that on the podcast. And dun, 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 Lacey is also an alum of MTV's The Real World. That's right. She was on the Austin cast. So you're going to hear some fun behind the scenes details on that as well. But really, you guys get ready to be inspired. Lacey shares about how growing up in a really small town, one traffic light in Ohio shaped her work ethic. She started at McDonald's and really the woman that she is today. So I know you're going to be inspired. I know you're going to be encouraged. You're going to laugh and we're going to talk about some really great hair too. So thanks for being here. Have fun. So if you love this episode, friend, I want you to do three things. Okay. First subscribe. And then that way you never miss an episode. And I'd love to hear your comments. So make sure you leave one of those too. And you can take a screenshot and you can post it on Facebook and Instagram and share with your friends. Make sure that you tag me at this loud house and you can use the hashtag life sunny side up podcast. Well, well, here we are, Lacey and I together. You guys, Lacey and I met before Drew and I met. We've known each other that long. And it's really funny talking to you, Lacey, right now because it's weird. Like, in some senses, no time has passed and we're, you know, 20 years old meeting as college roommates for the first time, right? And then all of a sudden, life, all this life has actually happened. And we're grown up and it's weird, right? It's, it's really, really weird. weird. But for our listeners, Lacey, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I live in Tallahassee, Florida. I'm married. I have one daughter. She just turned nine months old. I own two hair salons here and I work doing hair for education for a company called Living Proof. That's kind of where I'm at right now, juggling salons and baby and, and then my sort of side hustle of the education side of things. So it's been really good. And I totally remember us doing my hair with aluminum foil and box um, hair, hair, hair products. Da, da, da. I found it. You totally found the picture. You guys can't see this because, you know, it's a podcast, but oh, amazing is this. that but is amazing. Just to be fair, remember, I cut all my own hair off. Oh my gosh. Someone All right. said they didn't like short hair. So I was like, I'll show you. 
All right. So you have to send me these pictures so I can put them when this podcast airs, I'll put it on my Insta stories so you guys can see Lacey and I with aluminum foil in our hair. Yeah. But to be fair, Lacey, like my hair looked pretty damn good. Like oh, you did a great job. Where you got your hair done. We started yeah. like the holy business because it was like, oh, where'd you get your hair done? Oh, I do it. Sure. You know. No big deal. Well, you guys, Lacey, I just feel like this is what I love about you, Lacey. I feel like you are tough as nails. Like you've been through some crap in your life and you stay the course and you don't complain about it and you just keep going. And I think that's super cool. But take us back to like the early days growing up in Ohio in the middle of nowhere, right? And, and here you, like you have, to me, you have this glamorous life and you travel and you, you know, meet all these cool people and you were on the real world, but it all started like in a cornfield in Ohio. So take us back there. What was it like growing up? And yeah, what did you love about your childhood? Well, my town literally had one traffic light. I'm told they're up to two. Every time I say, oh, my town has one traffic light. Everyone's like, there, there's two. Correction. Yeah. I left at one. So yes, it's this tiny town in Northern Ohio near Lake Erie, outside of Cleveland. So when people ask where I'm from, I say Cleveland just to avoid confusion. Right. Um, It's smack in the middle of Amish country. And yeah, it's kind of all I knew. You know, I grew up in a small town and I didn't travel necessarily. I think we drove to like Kings Island in Cincinnati was like the big trip or visiting Civil War reenactments. That was a big, big highlight. Um, right. Yeah, just, I know. I think when I met you, you had never been to the beach and you'd never been right. on an airplane, right? I never. For the first time with you, when we went to visit your family on spring break in Miami, yeah. that's the first time because, well, let's face it, Lake Erie is not a beach. So. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it's Miami. Not a beach. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I just, you know, I went to like a small private school that was run by our church for the bulk of the beginning years and then switched to public school. But, you know, even still in this tiny little town, it was very conservative and very sheltered. And, you know, there just was kinds of things in the world I just didn't know about. And so really not until I went off to college, which was still quite a sheltered environment, if you think about it now, but even that was just so eye-opening for me. So, And Lacey and I met at a school that I don't think a lot of people know about, Covenant College. It was on top of the mountain in Lookout Mountain, Georgia. And so how did you even hear about this school? Like, I I don't even, I can't believe I haven't asked you this, but how did you even know about it? As far as I recall, I had started school at the community college in the county where I'm from, because if you were in the top five in your class, they would pay for everything. And so I was third in my class. So I got to go for free. So I started there. And then I just had this feeling that if I didn't do something, Mm -hmm. that this would be my life, right? Like I would forever be in this town. I'd marry somebody. I wouldn't go anywhere. And I just kind of got nervous about that. And so I started seeking out other options. And my parents... Well, my mother in particular, low bossy. Yeah. So she said if I left, it had to be a Christian college. And I was like, there's just no way I'm going to Pensacola Christian. Like that terrifies me. Like it's not happening. And so she looked on, you know, our dial up AOL. (laughs) And she found Covenant College. And I was like, fine, that'll work. And so honestly, that's, that's how it all happened was me just realizing like, if I don't do something, I won't do anything. And so that was, that was my prompt. Was it a big deal that you left? 
Yes, in fact, just that it was Presbyterian was a big deal because I went to a Baptist church and they were like, Presby hoo-ha? Like, what right. are they what are they? T- they drink wine. Like what is happening? You heathen girl. So <laughs> yes, our youth pastor like approached me with like concern about my well-being and is this on my shore? And so it was a big deal to go, but it needed to happen. Yeah. And we were, how many of us? Six sharing a bathroom, four yeah. of us in one room. And it's funny because I was kind of like the preppy girl and Lacey was there was like no emo then. It was like skater, I guess. I don't know. But you were, uh, yeah, it was. I want. I was a varsity cheerleading captain in high school with like the hair to the waist. Right. So I had that very typical like I'm going to college. I'm going to reinvent myself. I'm going to cut my hair all off. I'm going to wear like weird pants that don't fit me. So yeah, that was just me being <laughs> trying to be independent, but really just copying somebody else. Well, I thought you were cool and you introduced me to like all this cool music and it was edgy and fun. And so six months of being at Covenant and how did we convince, we totally convinced you to leave. Like I was done with it. And my boyfriend, who's now my husband, was also leaving after six months and going to this weird place called FSU, a place I never heard of. And what's so funny is Lacey is still living in Tallahassee. Everyone left. <laughs> we all left and she's still there. Yeah. But how was that where your parents like, oh my God, she's, she left. She went to this school. We like went through all these hoops and now she's leaving. And who are these people that she's hooked up with? Right. And befriended. Were they freaking out? And go, you know, going farther and farther away from home. Right. Yeah. So, you know, after that, that would have been when we came to Tallahassee, it would have been my third year of college. Mm -hmm. And so I think they thought as long as I'm going, you know, that's key. They were very bossy about you need to go, but they were also very, they're very into life lessons. So they would give, they gave me zero assistance ever, like no help. Like you get the loan, you figure it out, you have to go, but you have to figure out how to take care of that. And so I think at that point it was like, well, as long as you're going, you know, it doesn't cost us money, then, then you can go. And I don't remember them minding as much as just thinking it was strange that it was going to be my third change in three years, like kind of college vagabond. Right. But I think thought, yeah, I think they thought, well, as long as you're going. And I think my mom looked up Florida State and saw it had like a good education program since that was my major elementary education, right? All the children I've taught. Right. (laughs) So yeah, she actually didn't have much to say about it. I think she liked that I had my good Christian missionary boyfriend at the time. (laughs) Right. And so I think she just figured we'd get married and it would all work out. And so they didn't have anything to say about it. Well, we moved to Tallahassee and spoiler alert, we both leave Tallahassee. We both don't graduate from Florida State. (laughs) Somehow we turn out okay, but you then decide to go back to Ohio, right? And go to hair school. And so what was that like? Like you deciding, okay, I'm not going to go this direction. I'm actually going home. Did you feel like, I don't know, stressed out about that? Like coming home and changing the course or did it even bother you at all? No, I thought it was really stressful because it just, at that point I did just didn't know. So when we moved to Tallahassee and applied to Florida state, I, again, being oblivious to pretty much everything, didn't know about out-of-state tuition. (laughs) So I got accepted and I went to orientation and then I went to like finance and was like, how much do you want me to pay you? 
to come to this school. Like you're right. out of your mind. And so I joke around. I actually tell my clients this story when I'm doing their hair. I say, Marianne was there the second I dropped out of college. And <laughs> because I came <laughs> home and it was when you had to sign up for your classes online. You know, mm-hmm. at Covenant, we had a, a personal person who literally gave us our s- schedule. We didn't have a say. They're like, here's your schedule. You have to go online and sign up was new to me also. And I remember I logged on. I was in that second bedroom we had in our house. Mm-hmm. I logged on and every class I needed was full. And I kept trying to refresh and reload and I couldn't figure it out. And I remember you walked in the door when you went, what are you doing? And I said, I'm dropping out of college. I was like, uh... <laughs> I was so mad and I don't think I meant it at the time, but then it ended up being the case. So I remember that you and I got our hair done at a place here in town called Hair on Earth because mm-hmm. we saw it on East Fashion Emergency. Yes. So when we were like, we go to Tallahassee, we're getting our hair done there. And so we had gotten our hair done and I had peppered the stylist. Her name was Ha. I peppered her with questions. And so she actually said, you seem really interested in this. Do you want to work for me for the summer? And so that's when I realized like, I do really want to do this from the foiling in our dorm room and Mm -hmm. cutting our boyfriend's hair in the hallways to actually working in a salon. That's what took me home because I realized I couldn't afford to go to hair school or college and pay rent and all that. So it was like, okay. So I kind of put a cap on it and I thought, okay, I'll go home and stay at my parents' house, go to hair school, and then I can come back, have a really good job and work my way through the rest of college. And so it didn't stress me out in that sense because I thought that was going to be the plan. That's what I'll do. And Mm -hmm. I kind of did. Yeah. You just came back and like ruled the hair world. You know, you were like through college put off. And so that was always the joke with my parents was I'd say, I'm going to go when it, when I'm in state, when I'm in state tuition. And so every year they'd say, are you in state yet? And I'd say, Oh no, I think you have to buy a house. And then they'd say the next year, are you you in state yet? Oh no, I think you have to adopt a dog. And so I kept, you know, now I'm quartered 40. And so they've just dropped it. (laughs) They're like, yeah, well, and then I feel like in this process, this like entrepreneur person came out of you because you weren't just going to go work at, you know, some trendy hair salon. You were going to start trendy hair salons. And now, of course, you own two, correct? Yeah, in town now. And you did it. I remember you did the first salon debt-free, didn't you? Like you paid for everything in cash. You worked like a maniac. How did you decide to do that? Because that was not the easy road. Like you chose a really rough road. Well, it was one of those things where I went on the real world. So I took that time, did the TV show and you don't, I I mean, the biggest question I get besides like, how was it or what all, you know, all the typical questions you would get is people always think you get a lot of money. You Mm -hmm. must have a lot of money. It's like, no, because think about it. If I said, no, I want this much money. They would say, well, there's 3000 other people who want to do this, right? Right. they don't have to pay you. So I think legally they do, but basic. So no, you don't make a lot of money. So what I did with the sort of little amount that I got from that, and I was sort of using the publicity of that, knowing like this is kind of the window. Mm-hmm. Like I don't believe, you know, I used to tell my roommates, we're not famous. People just know who we are right now. And so I really wanted to use that. Like people know who I am right now. That momentum. Yeah. And Tallahassee mm-hmm. for 
being the capital of Florida is not a big city. So right. it's pretty, it's pretty small in that sense. So I really wanted to capitalize on that moment. I re- realized like, this is it. And if I don't jump on it, it's probably just going to fizzle and it'll just be another salon. And so I've always been good at saving money. Like I said, one, one thing I can say about my parents being pretty strict about you figure yourself out, there's no safety net is you, there isn't one. And so you just figure it out. And so, you know, even if I wanted a $5 pizza pizza, I'd say, well, I don't have that $5 to spend on that. So I've mm-hmm. always been really disciplined with my spending. And so I happened to have just enough and I could put floors in, I could put a sink in, you know, all I needed was a sink and a license really. And so that's kind of where I started. And then as I got busier and built, then I got like the nicer mirrors and then the nicer chairs. It was all about, you know, don't, in my opinion, in my business, I don't believe in if you build it, they will come. I think, I think you have to work your way. I don't think you can just open this fortress, you know, gorgeous salon and people believe you can cut hair because, you know, packaging doesn't mean skill. And so I've never bought anything before I could pay for it. It's always been about, I need the necessities and I need it clean. And then from there, all the fancy, frivolous, fun, you know, the robes and the the marketing and all that sort of comes comes afterwards. And so for me, it was just keeping that control of just because I see a sparkly new blow dryer, you know, or ooh, a $1,200 pair of shears that are engraved, you know, just remembering like need versus want and staying on that path. And I think that's really what ended up helping me be successful and never having to take a business loan. That I feel like your attitude is it's like vintage or something. You don't see that anymore. And do you really think that that came from your upbringing from your parents? Yes. So when I was 15, they made me get a job. The second you were like legally allowed to have a real job, they drove me to McDonald's and made me get a job. And I worked at McDonald's from 15 until 21. So even when wow. I went home from college, I would work the summers at McDonald's. I joke it's the best job I ever had because it was, I mean, I knew it wasn't my career. And so it didn't stress me out if someone was mad about their McNuggets. I mean, whatever. Right. Um, so, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't rude or anything. I just it didn't put a lot of pressure on me. So for me, it was just light and I got to see people I knew and, you know, cute boys come through the drive through It's pretty great. So, but yeah, at 15, my dad got me the job and then he got me a checkbook and a credit card. And he said that a credit card doesn't mean money that doesn't exist. It only means money that already exists. So instead of handing them the cash, you hand them the card. And then when the actual bill comes, you pay it. You never leave a balance. So that piece of plastic is so you don't have to carry around paper money, but it doesn't mean money that isn't already there. And so having started that so early, that's just how I've always thought of it. I never have ever bought anything on a credit card that the money wasn't already in the bank. And I think that's what's kept me really like solid grounded and not gotten myself in any, any holes. Yeah. Any hot water. I mean, I, I mean, gosh, I only hope that my kids, (laughs) that they spend money like that so wisely. So you get the inspiration to open the salon. You're like starting at the bottom and working your way. And I know you hit some momentum, right? And things start happening and you all of a sudden you're booked all the time. Did you have a moment, Lacey, where you were like, okay, this is happening. Like this is really going to happen. I'm like, I'm going to do this. Was there a moment? 
Yeah. So I got this on. I actually have the paper appointment book still as a reminder. And I often show it to new stylists who are struggling with building clientele and being stressed out. You can literally watch my book day by day, go from one haircut in one week to maybe three wow. months to four, to suddenly five, to suddenly eight, to suddenly there is no room left to write a name on that piece of paper. And it didn't happen fast. I would say it was a full year of being open before, you know, clients found me that had for my previous job and also referrals coming in. And my building, although I, I put a lot of love and care on the inside, the outside looks like a brick medical complex. Like it doesn't look like a hair salon. You'd never see it. People would always say, where's your salon? And I'd say, oh, it's on Fifth and Adams. And they say there's nothing on fifth and Adams because it was like that nondescript of a building. Right. So yeah, I would say just keeping, you know, that focus of making sure the clients knew the best thing you can do for me is give someone a referral. Like you can tip me and you can tell me you love your hair. That's fantastic. But you need to tell somebody else. Don't tell me. And so I would say at a solid year when I realized I could not only pay all the bills, but have money left over to put in savings. That was my main goal because as much as you want to count on other people and build a salon and build a family of employees, anybody can move, anybody can quit. You know, you mm -hmm. never know in the salon industry how long someone's going to stay. So I thought if I know that I can not only cover overhead, but put money into savings with just me, then everything else is cake. It's just great in addition. And if it happens, awesome. And if it doesn't, I can fly solo on this and still know that I can make a living and be comfortable. Wow. And I think that at one point you were so booked. I mean, you didn't even take vacations. I mean, I remember I'd be like, Lacey, you got to come for Christmas, come for my birthday. And you're like, I'm working. I mean, did you ever have burnout where you were like, I just don't know, like, is this worth it? Can I do it anymore? Did you deal with that? I'm not good at taking vacation. Work-life balance has always been hard for me because I've just always worked. And, and I, don't, I don't mean anything cheesy like, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. Like, yes, you do. You freaking work. Like, right. I love it, but it's freaking work, you know? So yeah, I didn't get burned out necessarily. I always joke to this day, like it could be the apocalypse and people would be like, but I can come for my highlights, right? Literally, I could be That's open hilarious. at midnight. I could be open at 3 a.m. People will take that appointment. Yeah. I, I, could, I could have been like giving birth to the baby, foiling. They've been like, it's fine. I got a rag. Like, it's fine. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good problem. But no, I don't get burnt out because I, I find that the, the benefit of being in one place and not moving around mm -hmm. is you build a clientele. So let's say the clientele, maybe it's not a match. Like maybe your personalities don't drive that great. Maybe you're not really understanding, you know, their adjectives they choose to use for what kind of hair they want. That stuff sort of filters itself out. And I think the best thing for me was realizing that you cannot please everyone all the time. And that doesn't mean I didn't do a good job. It's mm. just sometimes it's just not a match. And so right. as you kind of let that stuff go, the people you belong with come to you. So now when I see, like today, I did like 12 heads of hair, but I knew every single person. I know the name of their kids. I know, you know, it's a relationship on top of the hair. And so for me, I don't feel like I'm a scrambled. I don't feel like I have to sell myself. You know, a new client, you want them to like you and their hair. So this right. whole time, there's sort of this song and dance of, of getting to know each other. And there's like that nerves, like a first date. But I'm kind of like in the groove right now in my career. And so I find that 
you know, it could be a 12 hour day, but it just goes so smoothly because you have that dynamic and that relationship with everybody. And you took the words right out of my mouth. I feel like you build relationships so well with people and are so genuine and authentic. And I mean, I remember we would go places and you're the one that would ask the questions. And I feel like you're more extroverted than I am. And I just think that's really cool because it makes it not about the money or, you know, anything else, but really just about that person and, you know, and that bond. Do you try and work with your stylist that you've hired to also kind of have that same philosophy? Yes. So I talk to them a lot about, you know, it's important to have a good skill. Obviously, Mm -hmm. you don't want to be doing some jacked up hair. But I always tell them with a first time client, it really is 60-40 in the sense of they need to like you 60% and like their hair 40%. Because if they like you 60%, if you didn't hit it out of the park or if you didn't get it just right, they will give you another chance. Mm -hmm. And then it turns into the hair becomes like it needs to be, you know, but I... I always tell them, think of that 60-40 ratio, because if you're silent for 45 minutes putting in foils, like sure, some moms like to turn off and read their Us Weekly and, and drink their like ginger ale or whatever. But if it's like, there's no attachment, they have no right. reason, right? So say, say Beth, somebody does your hair and it's kind of quiet. You don't know much about her. You didn't have a lot of interaction. She's perfectly pleasant, but you know, nothing much was said. And you liked your hair. Your hair was cute. But in three days when you go to work and Sarah has a new blowout and a new haircut, and you're like, oh my God, Sarah, I love your hair. You're going to ask who did it. And you're going to be interested in her girl because you have nothing going on with your girl. And so it's that whole idea of it is a relationship. You want them to feel comfortable. You want them to feel like you care about them, not only as a person, but about like making their hair what they want to be for themselves. And so when I train people, I say, you know, this is a people job. If you're not a people person, you could be the most skilled, efficient stylist. You could do precision cuts and beautiful color, but it's going to be really hard to build a lasting clientele if they don't feel comfortable in your chair. Sure. Sure. I mean, it's, it's all about that authenticity. I think in anything that you do, I love going to a doctor that actually talks to me, you know, and it makes me feel comfortable, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like a lot of stylists tend to go, yes. Oh my gosh. Shut up. No. (laughs) And they have this like, you know, routine of these rebuttal like sounds that make it sound like they're engaging, but they're just, if you, I guarantee they're zoning. Your stylist is like this. I kind of funnily dare you to sometimes be like, what did I just say? What did I just say? Because I bet they don't know. So catch them. Whole idea of really being present and really yeah. being part of the appointment. And you know, I'm old fashioned. I make them write handwritten thank you cards and send them to after a new client comes because I just want to make sure that people understand that we don't just want to be another hair salon. We want it to be a relationship. We want you to feel comfortable. We want you to love your hair and we want it to be an inclusive experience that way. Hello everyone. And thank you for listening to this episode of Life, Sunny Side Up. My name is Lacey and I'm part of the creative education team with Living Proof. At Living Proof, we solve the toughest beauty challenges with science and patented technology originating from MIT. Our founders are hairstylists who are fed up with the limitations of conventional products and biotech scientists who didn't have any preconceived notions of what could or couldn't be done in beauty. Together, they set out to create results you can see from across the room. 
20 patents, over 50 products, and more than 150 awards later, we have countless love letters thanking us for changing lives both in big and small ways. We want to give all of you out there the opportunity to try Living Proof for yourselves. Use promo code LACY at livingproof.com to receive a free travel size perfect hair day dry shampoo when you spend $20. Our dry shampoo is the number one selling prestige dry shampoo in the world. It eliminates oil, sweat, and odor with no leftover chalky residue. Finally, a dry shampoo that actually cleans your hair. Enter the promo code LACY during checkout to get the free travel size perfect hair day dry shampoo added to your cart. That's promo code LACY, L-A-C-E-Y. This is hair care done differently. We are the science, you are the living proof. How has motherhood changed you? Hmm, I'm, you know, I'm really glad for me that I waited as long as I did. I feel like that timing was right for me. I mm-hmm. absolutely think I could have done it in my 20s because that's just what I, you know, if I have a job to do, I'll do it. But it's been such a good process of feeling ready and feeling prepared. Because I know for a long time, you weren't sure if you even wanted to have kids, right? Right. I right. mean, I, I remember sure. when you told me you were pregnant, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. A lot of people were like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure. Because I just want, you know, like juggling all the balls, right? I didn't want anything to have a sacrifice in the sense of I didn't want to not give enough to the baby or not give enough to my work or not give enough to my relationship. So I just thought if I do it, I want to make sure I can commit to the amount of need that everything will be asking for. Mm -hmm. And I've only ever been a spectator of people with children, right? So I know for sure that I'm super lucky that I have like the easiest baby. I'm one of those moms that make other moms roll their eyes because she's so great. Oh, I joke. It's a survival skill. Like she knows I can't do anything else. So she's like, I'll just be good. So yeah, it's been really wonderful. And it's been so nice to have that dynamic with my husband and him enjoying her. And, you know, he's going to be 43, I'm 38. And so for us, I, it was the right time. I feel like we were were as prepared as you can be on all fronts to actually embrace and enjoy it. Right. She's not like a side thing or something I have to figure out. She's just part of us. Yeah. You know, I change my work hours. So I don't go in until one o'clock. And when I have clients kind of push back about that, I say, you know, The reason I do it is because I don't want my interaction with my child five days a week to be waking them up and putting them to bed. Mm -hmm. I need more than that in between. So I'm spending my mornings with her. I'm feeding her her breakfast and I'm giving her a snack and we're spending our morning together and then she can go for a few hours to the nanny and I'll power out some hair. And then we come home, I feed her her dinner and we have playtime. And so, you know, I may only be doing this once. And so for me, I didn't want it to be about the shuffle of getting in the car, getting out of the car, the drop-offs. That'll be part of it for sure. And sure, some days I can't be totally present. I still work and I travel for work. But I just feel like from the day to day, it's been so lovely to have a say and to have the ability because of the work I've done preemptively to have the ability to say, I'm not coming until one. I'm spending the morning with my daughter. 
Yeah. Yeah. And little, I mean, it's so interesting how everything you did and all of those like long hours really led up to the choices that you have now, you know, cause you definitely put in the time. What do you think Lacey you're most proud of like over the past now, how long, like almost 15 years, I guess, maybe longer. What do you think you're most proud of? I think kind of what you touched on about just not letting stuff defeat me. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't say it's a particular accomplishment. Like I've done a lot of random fun things like doing a TV show, you know, opening a salon. I just feel like all the things that I've accomplished, sure, they have their tough parts and their challenges, but I just feel like I can stand here without feeling defeated by anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I can take the challenge, I can handle it and I'll figure it out and move on to the next. And so, you know, for me, I think anybody who's working towards something, it's just, stuff's going to stink sometimes. Like it's just gonna, and it's not going to go your way, but just don't let it defeat you because I mean, if you've got your health, right, like right. nothing's the end of the world in that sense. So just, you know, take the hit and, and move forward. You'll get there because everything moves forward. It's just kind of gravity, right? So we just kind of don't let it tear you down. Don't let it beat you down and just keep moving on. And I like that I was able to accomplish, you know, I moved to Florida with you with $50, right? right? Like Mm -hmm. that's what I did. I moved here with a trash bag of my clothes, my Pontiac 6,000 from 1988 and $50. Oh yeah, baby. So, you know, it's just about, sometimes it's hard choices and sometimes you don't like them, but you just do it. I, I think that's, that's the thing I really hope to instill in my daughter is mm-hmm. sometimes you don't like things. Sometimes you don't want it to go that way, but you don't always have a say. The only control you have is over yourself and what you do about it. So just so true. keep going on. Well, one thing we do have control over is our hair. And so I would love to know, I feel like I have done so many of the dumb things that you're going to tell us not to do. But like, what are some things that you should never, ever do with your hair? So I find with the internet, like beauty bloggers and YouTube and all the things now, right? Like there's Mm -hmm. so many channels to find advice from people who consider themselves experts. And I just kind of feel like just because you can buy a Dyson blow dryer doesn't mean you know what you're doing, right? Just just because you bought a bunch of fancy brushes doesn't mean like I know where blush goes. That doesn't make me a makeup artist. So I would say anytime it's a permanent change, just consult a professional, right? Like don't cut your bangs. I know that there's all these different hairdressers who are like, take it and twist it and cut it. And it's easy or put your hair in a ponytail and stand upside down and cut the ends. And it's a layered bob. Like just, if it were that easy, we wouldn't have a job, right? Yeah. Totally. I say that about almost every trade, you know, when people think like, oh, I can plumb a sink. It's like, well, there's a reason there's plumbers, right? Like if there's, so a, true. If there's a reason for it to be a specific profession, you probably don't know what you're doing. So just let them do it. So I would say don't cut your own hair ever. There's just no reason. Usually salons, like at my salon, we do complimentary bang trims. Mm. So you can come in and we will cut them for you. You know, no charge, just let us take care of it. So, and even though we were very fortunate that our highlights in our dorm room came out well, Probably don't probably use, not the best probably idea. Probably don't use bleach on your hair. 
Yeah. Like if it's a little root touch up and you're just adding, co- like I would say addition's never that big of a deal. It's the subtraction that you get in trouble. It's when you get the oranges and the hair breaking off and the silly string hair. So just stay away from any color that is subtracting. Don't go I lighter. Know. Don't do it. Don't use that bleach for like mustache hairs and put it on your bangs. Like it's not going to look good. Sun in is, is literally stupid and your hair will look orange. <laughs> I was always like, why does my hair not look like Gwen Stefani on the box? Hers looks so amazing. Mine looks right. like uh, a pumpkin, you know? Yes. I always laugh at the celebrities who are on like the color boxes because there, you know, there is no possible way that they mm-hmm. are grabbing a box dye. And yeah. some of Gwen Stefani is literally getting a root touch up every two weeks probably because that black's coming out. I mean, I don't know. She's older now. I guess it could be gray. But right. back in the day, back in the day, she had to get that hit bi-weekly for sure to keep those black roots from coming out. So let's talk about your role as an educator for Living Proof. How did that come about? I just know every time I'm looking at your Instagram or Facebook, you're like traveling somewhere and yeah. being with all of these like super glamorous people and you know, anyway. What do you love about it? How did it happen? Oh, great. So I'm on the creative team, which is, there's a there's about probably eight of us on the creative team. It's mm-hmm. the top level of, of education for Living Proof. I started carrying Living Proof back in 2009 when it was, I think, six products. And now, you know, it's a whole line. I had just stumbled upon it. And what happened was I stumbled upon it. I kept it in the salon. And then they pulled distribution from, from the salons. So I emailed the office and back then I think they had like 32 employees in the whole Mm -hmm. company. And I said, Oh no, like, how can I get this? And they basically said, well, you know, we've pulled back. We're kind of like reevaluating how we want to be in the field. And, you know, they were on QVC and Sephora and they said, we're just not going to do the salons right now. We're hoping to bring in a salon channel in the future. And I said, okay, well, please let me know as soon as you do. And so I bought all the inventory of my store had and I emailed them probably every five months for three years. So they definitely knew who I was. I'm sure they were. Here she is again. She is that weird girl from Florida. And so finally, one day I got an email that was like, we have salon distribution. And so I started carrying it. I joke, but it might be actually accurate. I might be the first salon to carry living proof. In you the need US. to find that but out. The salon that was like the originator of it, Mitchell John Salon in Boston, is like he was co co founder. Right, so right. It might be at least you know in that top slot. Anyway, so I got it, and then as the brand grew, the saleswoman was saying that they were thinking of creating an education team, and she asked if it would be okay if she referred me, and I said, "Well, sure." And so. I went to San Antonio for training with the first batch of people and it was sort of a tryout. It definitely wasn't like, you're an educator. It was like, let's see what you got. So it was like a three-day training. We had to do presentations and talk in front of the group and talk all the science molecules and and the whole thing. And it was funny because I feel like Colleen, who is our global education director, still our global education director, was my trainer. And I remember her being like, I've heard of you. Like, again, like, you're that crazy email girl. Yeah. Yeah. I always joke. There's this old Matthew Broderick movie called Election and Reese Witherspoon is his student and Uh her name's Tracy Flick and he hates her because she's like a know-it-all perfectionist. So I always joke like, I think they think I'm Tracy Flick. 
I mean, they're like, I know, I know. And so You're like the living proof groupie. Yes. And so from there I got, I got on the team after training and then it just kept growing. And then I was fortunate to get to go international and train our educators in Europe and Latin America. So I went to Rotterdam and well, Canada still counts. Um, yeah, that, Canada, hey. Barcelona. I was supposed to go to Guatemala last year, but I was pregnant with the bebe and my doctor said nothing south of Miami. So I didn't get to do that, but we have a really great presence all around the globe. The dry shampoo, which I know you love mm-hmm. is the number one selling prestige dry shampoo in the world of any wow. brand. Think of any brand that you love and ours beats theirs. And it's just, it's the only one on the market that actually cleans your hair. And so it just does its job. And that's what I love about Living Proof, having done hair for so long. If the bottle says it, it does it, right? It's not like four people love it, two people hate it. It's like, it's made by biotech chemists in Boston, Massachusetts. And they test it and they test it. And if it doesn't work, they throw it out and they start again. And so oftentimes as the line grows, like I said, it started with six products and now we have this this whole line. So what they do is if there's a product like dry shampoo, we didn't have dry shampoo forever because they said, there's so many dry shampoos out there. We're not going to put it out unless we find a way to make it better. Wow. So whenever I'm teaching in, in a salon and, and I say, if you feel like we're missing a product, it's because they're working on making it better. They're not going to put a product out unless they feel like it beats what's in that competitive market. So a volumizing mousse isn't going to come out until they find a new technology or a new molecule that's going to make it outperform the volumizing mousse on the market. And I love that because it's just not about selling crap. It's about... Right. It's about hair product that can really change your routine in the morning. The fact that I can dry shampoo and not shampoo for three days, that gives me two whole mornings. I'm saving 45 minutes of washing and blow drying and all that. Like add that up over a year. They're like giving me so many mornings of my life back. So for me, that's what I love is just, I don't feel like I have to sell anything because it just does what it says and it it performs so beautifully. And that makes me really excited every day to use it. Yeah. I mean, if I cannot have to wash my hair every day, I think I make that baby last. I don't know. I wash it like once a week. So me too. I'm up to that. And when I yeah. first started using it and they said like, the joke was how long can you go? And people are like a week. I was like, gross. And then I realized that it actually cleans your hair without leaving that icky, sticky residue. Right. So I always say to clients, I'm not asking you to be dirty. I'm telling you, I can keep it clean with this. And that's all, that's the big difference, right? Because first people hear it and they're like, ew, gross. But yeah, if it was dirty, but the dry shampoo cleans as well as if you used water and suds. Yeah. It takes everything out. It all comes out and you're not left with like white, gunky, chunky yuck. So yeah, I actually give it as the standard baby shower gift now. I buy them off the registry, of course. Yeah. Because women, yeah. Them, you need to buy people stuff off the registry and not just get them a stuffed animal hint, hint, right? Everybody does these things. So I get them a registry gift that they specifically ask for and then dry shampoo every time. What I was going to say, what are your favorite products? So dry shampoo, what else would you say? You know, what's like funny must haves for people. My must have uh, for sure is Nightcap. It's in the perfect hair day franchise and people get really confused by what it's called. It's basically a leave-in conditioner. And okay. so instead of like overly taking the directions literally, I always say, if your hair's wet, just put it in, leave it in. It lasts for five shampoos. And so you only have to use it once a week. 
more if you shampoo less, right? Mm-hmm. So five shampoos. But it basically takes all of your cuticle, it lays it down, it perfects it, it gives it a little bit of hydration, it lets all the good moisture in, keeps all the bad moisture out. So if you have a child who gets really bad bedhead, or you know, you get a lot of friction from laying if you're a hard sleeper, it is a game changer for morning hair. It helps it not get tangly. It helps that friction not mess your hair up. It doesn't stain anything. And you can't feel it in your hair. It just perfects your hair. So I always say, think about your roof on your house. Mm -hmm. If all your shingles were up, the rain would come in, it would be a mess, right? Right. Those are down like they're supposed to be. We're protected from the storm. We're protected from the environment. And so basically that's what NICAP does is it puts this, this shield on your hair and just keeps it shiny and soft and manageable. And I just, it's always my go-to. Well, I will be, I will be ordering. And so if somebody cannot get it in their salon, mm-hmm. pretty much per, I mean, Ulta has it, right? Like yeah, Ulta, Sephora, QVC, mm-hmm. You can also go to livingproof.com. There's the full line. I think it's usually free shipping and they always have little goodies that go with it or they'll be running promos, but always livingproof.com. They have everything you could ask for. And there's tons of information on the website. So they have a product finder. So you can go and it'll ask you those questions like, is your hair dry? Is your hair flat? What do you want it to do? And it'll help you evaluate what kind of products you need for your hair. Well, Lacey, what do you think is next for you? Do you have like a five-year plan, a 10-year plan? Are you taking over Florida? Like what? <laughs> yes. running for president. Yes. What is happening? What How do you, did you know? Happening? Yes. I'm buying an island. No. no, actually, like I said, I have two salons here in town and I'm in Midtown, which is a really popular area. So the rent keeps like that, 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 up, up, up. Mm-hmm. So I am... As we speak, working on purchasing a building to move my salons into so that I will own the building and no longer be paying rent forever because the only way I'm ever going to wind down is if I find a way to bring down overhead. So Mm -hmm. if I own the building, that will help immensely. So that's my big project right now is we're we're under contract. We're getting appraisals. We're getting inspections. We're doing all of that. And then... um, We'll be moving the salon, hopefully, for the holiday season to the brand new facility. Wow. That's, that's awesome. That's project. Oh, my gosh. And how cool when Barrett has some hair that I know she's like growing her hair in so yeah. that you can do her hair. She'll be like the best dressed toddler in town. <laughs> well, it's so hair. funny because as it's sprouting, of course, I yeah. have a baby, right? As it's sprouting, he has double crowns, which are basically like two circular growth patterns, like basically where your double horns would be uh-huh. right on the top of her head. And so they're competing and causing like this alfalfa spike in the middle. And so dear Lord, let's hope she never wants short hair because that oh is gosh. not going to behave. Her pixie would be really interesting. <laughs> yes. Unless the like old, 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 like John and Kate plus eight spiky right. mains comes back. She's out of luck. She's out of luck. Which, sadly, I think I begged you to cut that on my head one day. I feel like that may or may not happen. (laughs) We will not pull those pictures out. We will pull those out. I think I may have dyed your hair canary yellow also. Oh, Lacey. Well, somehow we survived, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. And you guys can go on Instagram and I think it's I am Lacey. Is that right? I'm a Lacey. I am a Lacey. So at I am a L-A-C-E-Y. 
And Lacey is hilarious and funny. And she puts all of her hair stuff up there. And so you guys can go and follow her and connect. So Lacey, thank you so much, my friend. Of course. Always good to catch up. Hey, y'all. So if you would like to join our community on Facebook, we have a special group just for you. You can continue the conversation off the podcast online. Simply join the Life Sunny Side Up podcast group. Just search in your groups. It'll come up and I will be so excited for you to be a part of this amazing community.